Welcome back to Love, Life, and Legacy, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate these hypersexualized times of ours. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about standards. And this is a very important conversation because when somebody has some standards, but they fall short of their standards, they're usually faced with two options. One, which is just throw away the standards. The standards are the problem. It's too hard. No human could possibly achieve this standard, so let's all quit. And the other option is to just live in shame. Be ashamed of yourself because you cannot do what you want to do. We feel like those are both garbage options and that there should be a third option, and that is to find out where you fall short, how that happened, and to get back on track as quickly as possible so you can get back to achieving your life's mission, your life's goal, your life's purpose. And so Sammy and I are going to be talking about that in the context of sex because that's what we see all over the place is when there's some sort of sexual standard because of a faith and people fall short, then they're very apt to just leave their faith altogether because it's too hard to live in the context of falling short of your standard. It's just too painful, and we don't want that to happen anymore. We want people to understand there's always a way back to the ideals, to the standards that you hold deep in your heart. So let's get into this puppy. Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Love, Life, and Legacy, the show where we talk all about sex and we help you navigate this crusty, confusing, convoluted world in, uh, regarding the topic of sex, how to make sense of this world that we're living in and, and everything in ways that's tried, tested, and true. Just to remind you guys, we're your hosts. I'm Samu Uyama. Together, with my buddy Andrew Love, I think, and, and him. my vote. It, we're, it's election day. Technically, mm-hmm. we're a day ahead of America. America's election day is tomorrow, their time, but it's already happening in our time. And uh, our vote is for we want to. We're voting to get rid of all the myths. We're voting mm-hmm. for no myths. And this, I think, this is a myth. Okay which is that uh, sex before marriage is a, is a good idea. Um, we got into masturbation, right? Masturbation is a great idea to learn about sex, but we also want to talk about uh, sex before marriage, but also like what happens when you aren't able to achieve that? Are you just left on the side of the ditch, uh, left to die, right? And, and some faiths do treat people like that. If they don't adhere to the standard that they're striving for, the, the, you just, you're out. I don't know if we can call out any religions, but I definitely know a guy who is excommunicated from his parents' faith because he grew a beard. And uh, in that particular faith, which for some reason I don't want to call out, uh, he's on like a list, an international list. I guess it's a database now that we use computers. And if he ever wants to attend church, he has to stand in the back. He's not allowed to sit down with the righteous people. Only the good people, the people on the good list can sit in the front. He's allowed to stand at the back and nobody's really allowed to acknowledge him. <laughs> I, I have a, if I were to make a gamble, I would say, this sounds extremely like the Orthodox Jews. They're not too no. fond of beers from what I, oh, from yeah. what I can. <laughs> They're all about those beers. Yeah. yeah. 
No, he he he's it's a different one. It's a newer one. And the Muslims, they're not they're not too into beards either. Oh from, my from God. what I gather. I feel like we're alienating the entire world here. <laughs> I by the way, I could never be many religions that require you to grow a beard because I can't. I simply can't. So I'd have to either like paste something on my face uh, with some glue. It'd, it'd be a pretty hack job, or I just can't join. I'll have to be like a. Like whatever the equivalent is of a choir boy, I'd have to stay at, at that level my whole life, like a eunuch. <laughs> anyway, uh, here's why. Here's why we want to talk about this because there's always a proposed standard in every faith. It's like the goal. It's what you're striving for. It's usually kind of like a utopian dream. It's a it's heaven on earth. It's something like that. Um, but on on the way there, there's you know we are human. We're prone to making stupid mistakes. And so what happens when you do? And so we want to talk about, you know, in our faith, definitely uh, saving yourself from marriage is a big deal because it's like creating something brand new with somebody else and just letting your hearts guide your sex rather than your bodies. Um, but we also know that we're living in an oversexed world. So in such a world, people often get caught up in the snares. And the, pro and the, the issue is that a lot of times religions, uh, the people, the gatekeepers of the religions, um, don't want to talk about these things because they feel like they're giving people permission to make mistakes. Because if you're not punished for your mistakes, or if there's no consequences, then you're just going to go and do whatever you want, and then you'll sneak into heaven, this kind of thing. Crazy, just crazy anecdote about that. Like, I past a pastor talking to like the youth group i've heard him say that if you masturbate you're going to go to hell which wow. and then you know which we don't definitely don't believe that but here's the crazy part of that it's not not that you know that's what he said to the, said to the youth group it's just i talked to him after that like, hey i i really don't think that that's i don't think it's true and i don't think that's healthy to tell young people like that what he said to me was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's true either. But if you don't say that, then they'll just feel like they have permission to do it. Wow. I bring that up. Sorry. And I, I just want to share that just to emphasize your point that, yeah, there's a lot of fear about talking about things like this. Because it's like, how do you do it in a way that's clear and educational, um, but also that is like graceful, that's not yeah. condemning. Right, so it's like you had to be either or, you know, these you had to do either or, right? And and then you know that doesn't work, right? It's like yeah, if you just get yeah. rid of the standard just to accommodate to everybody's lowest selves, you're like ah, we're too late. Like that doesn't work in health. The doctor's like, oh no, you don't have to exercise. Like you know, yeah, you'll be fine. Just eat whatever you want. That's a terrible doctor because it's not true. And the same is true of like our internal health. We need to take care of ourselves. We need to strive for healthy relationships, productive relationships with ourselves, with society, with God. Like these, this is important. And when you fall short of that, um, you do have to find that way to r reconcile the fact that you've strayed from your standard and, and then just to get back on track as quickly as possible without wasting energy, damning yourself hating yourself or judging, criticizing yourself or other people. That doesn't bring you back on track. That creates usually divergent track, right? If somebody makes a mistake and you're like, you're a bad person, then do you think they want to go back to trying harder to 
achieve the ideal? No, they just say, screw you and everything you believe, right? And so what we're saying is we in no way legitimize straying from the standard. And in our, what we're talking about, the sexual standard of striving for abstinence prior to marriage. We think based on the statistics, based on the case studies that we've followed, based on our own personal experience, it's the best path towards creating, like not just abstaining from sex, but creating sexual integrity and then offering the fullness of yourself to another person, right? It doesn't mean just being a virgin and then having sex. It means building yourself up into an incredibly eligible bachelor, bachelorette, and then giving your whole self to another person, uh, but only one person, and then have, and then going through a life together with that person. That's the standard that, that we're striving for. And the reality is that not everybody can achieve that. So what do we do with them? Do we just mm-hmm. round them all up and throw them in the garbage? Or do we help them get back on track to, to the place that they w- were intending to go in the first place? which is happiness, which is joy, which is connection, which is oneness, harmony, all these things. So I would opt for option one and call it a day. And we yeah, can go that's home. the easiest way. <laughs> Judgment yeah. is the easiest course of action, right? It's like the most convenient because if they're wrong and you can just simply say you're wrong and bad, then you don't have anything to do. You've done your job. You've called them out and judged them. And now they just have to suffer in hell. And how miserable is that? And how much do you even understand your own faith? If it's based off of a loving God and you can be okay with somebody else suffering, then probably you don't fully understand this loving God of yours. Yeah, so we want to approach this conversation. Um, there's two different sides. Our audiences will be listening to this, right? There's like the one side that's, what's, what's the problem, right? You know, if you love each other, no one's getting hurt. And then, then the other side, it's like the, you know, growing up, typically really religious. And there's like a lot of fear driven into people about the consequences of having sex before marriage. And so, you know, we want to talk about this, but from the perspective of the, you know, the merits of making of uh, abstinence before marriage and that that is a lifestyle. And because a lot, because like you just said, like a lot of people treat it legalistically. It's like, you know, virgin or not a virgin, right? But what we're coming from, where we're coming from is, you know, how you groom yourself as a single person, as preparation for a relationship. And being abstinent is like a huge part of that. And then, and I guess that's what we want to just generate understanding rather than like do one-liners and slogans, right? About good or bad, but like uh, helping people create context for an understanding of, you know, these, some people, the life choices that they were raised into that they don't really understand the merits of maybe helping them or people who it's totally foreign, who could then be able to evaluate and, and reconsider if it's something they like to do. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, so when you even want something and you and you make a mistake, then you feel like you, you don't deserve it or it's not for you. And that's just a lie that's going to, again, take you further and further away from ever getting what you actually do want. And then you just have to have a life where you settle for a bunch of alternatives, right? So I know a ton of people in that category that they've made a mistake and they're so either ashamed themselves or the people in their lives shame them to the point where they feel like, well, I don't deserve this. So in the case of our faith, like I don't deserve the marriage blessing or I don't deserve a spouse. Then it's just kind of like you create this life where it's a big middle finger to say, screw you. 
I don't need you, any of your beliefs. I'll just make this other life. And then it's just a life of justifying why you don't need that stuff that secretly you really do want, right? Mm -hmm. Who doesn't want the idea that we're striving for is imagine this, being in a relationship with a spouse where you're completely dedicated and devoted to loving each other so much. And when you fall short, you work on it, you overcome together, and that only creates more love. And then you have kids and you do the same with them. You learn how to love and accept them and grow together with them until the point where you radiate love everywhere you go and with everything you do. And that impacts how you move in society. How fantastic is that? Who doesn't want that? Who wants a dysfunctional family? Who wants a string of divorces? Nobody. But that's some people's journey. So then we want to help you get there. We want to help everybody get there. Whether you have a, an unblemished track record or whether you have a series of disastrous failures, we all deserve that. We all deserve the ideal. We all deserve that standard. Um, and if you don't want it, fine. You can listen to Howard Stern. <laughs> so let's start with some some thought experiments, Andrew. This is kind of what I was talking to you, talking with you about earlier. And so say you have another couple that equally feels like sex is something special for a relationship, but maybe they're a little looser about like their like standard of commitment or level of commitment in a relationship. So, you know, just boyfriend, girlfriend is enough. And so, you know, they've had a couple of boyfriends, girlfriends and having sex with them, and then they end up getting married. And then they maintain that same level of commitment that even the first couple has with one another, where they want to create a really good relationship with one another. So like, is, is one has like a higher potential for having happiness and joy in their marriage, better sex life. And one is like, just has a limited, um, limited version that they can expect because of these past experiences that they've had. You know, like, you know, what's really the difference between these situations? Yeah. Well, kind of, it's not exactly how you outlaid it, but like, we're a good example. You and your wife both got married, went to the blessing as virgins. My wife and I did not, right? Um, and so it doesn't mean that you started out at a level 10 and everything was perfect from the beginning and now you're at a level 1,000 and we were in like a negative 100 mm -hmm. and now we're just at ground zero. When you're in relationships, you you're either learning how to become disconnected and very casual with sex, in which case you're disassociating love and the real act of love and service from sex, which is very common in our hookup culture, which is what I, I, I grew up in, right? So you just become numb to people's emotions and people's needs. You just become very self-centered in terms of sex. Uh, or you become somebody who hops from one needy relationship to the next, and then your heart gets really broken. In either case, your, your heart becomes kind of bruised and broken many times over, or it becomes numb, right? More numb. In my case, it became much more numb. In my wife's case, it became actually pretty broken. She's pretty devastated. Um, and so when you enter a relationship, yeah, uh, you're bringing that history together into your relationship and also that that comes into the bedroom with you as well and your ability to trust your ability to fully give somebody's heart it becomes harder and harder to really entrust somebody fully with knowing you when you've been rejected when you've been hurt uh 
and it becomes harder to let people give themselves to you when you're numb to them, when you have a history of not caring for somebody. It's like, it's like you want to keep them at arm's length, right? So it's, it's kind of preventing love from happening, and it, it puts you in a bit of a deficit, to be honest. My wife and I had a lot of work to do, and we're still going through uh, stuff from, from our past, that, which is like slowly unraveling the past so that we can have a blank slate, so that we can build a future that doesn't involve negative associations from the past. Does that make sense? And just because you're showing up to, to a marriage, to a blessing as a virgin, it doesn't mean that you don't have complications with sex, especially if you watch porn. Porn adds a lot of dimensions of complication to, to your sexual understanding and experience, right? But mm. um, it's not as emotionally complicated, mm. I've got to say. And because uh, you, you can't help but compare. We, this is our... It's how our brains work. You compare one to the other. And when you've been in relationships, then you're comparing this spouse to the to one of your girlfriends or, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, to a previous relationship. And then in tough times, you start, start to, like, fantasize and romanticize past relationships. And, like, you don't have any of that, right, with a, with a blank slate. But then I do know people who, who never did have... Um, a relationship they got into marriage as a virgin and then they start having this existential crisis like oh what if i um missed out because i, I didn't have sex with all these people i could have prior to getting married and now i'm stuck with this person because that's what society tells us oh now you're ball and chain man you're stuck with mm. this person forever man like it's like it's a bad thing right mm. so it's it's different it's definitely more complex and it's definitely less ideal because the heart um, is our greatest asset. Our heart is, by all estimations, the purpose why we're alive and the reason for our existence is love. And when you damage your ability to love, um, it's, it bleeds into every subsequent aspect mm-hmm. of your, your relationship. So, wow, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. We just said a concise summary of that kind of our perspective on that and it's it is very different than what people who grew up being told you shouldn't have sex before you're married it's very different narrative than what they're raised with there's a lot of like uh fear driven consequences associated with you know what what would happen um i like the way you described it it's that it just the closer to blank slate that you can be it's the better off you'll be the, the easier time you'll have there's no like a uh, lost cause in that right there's no like oh it's too late for me yeah right it's just like that's just how much more work that i'm gonna need to do in order to get there yeah absolutely and it, it's an uphill battle you know and a lot of people obviously don't make it right look at the divorce rates out there this is this is telling that the more relationships you're in it's like a, some sort of spiritual debt that you're going into Right. And at some point it becomes almost insurmountable and you have to just file for bankruptcy. And that's kind of what divorce is. When you're in a relationship, you file for bankruptcy. It means I'm, I'm not able to continue this. Right. It's weird. And you still, you're still, the idea of bankruptcy is that you go back, you get a blank slate. Right. But, well, you don't try to get a credit card. Like that. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. You, you have like a, 
you have a stain. You got bad credit for five years, whatever. Yeah, yeah it's the same. I mean, a divorce is like I know several people. My my family, you know, my parents. Uh, I know it's all over the place, right? It's hard to not know somebody who's been through it. And I mean, there's definitely a few years when you're just spiraling and you can't keep anything together. It feels like your whole world just shattered because um, when we see love, right? When you go to a wedding and you know the people and you care about them, you're going to cry. You know, there's going to be a late one, no matter how tough you are, when you really look at them and when they're promising their futures to each other and it's coming from a sincere place, then that, that singular tear just falls down the side of your face and you say, oh my God, love is beautiful, right? We all have that because it's, we all want that to work out. And so to see that fall apart is such a painful thing. It's such an unnatural thing. Uh, but we're just so kind of used to it. And so, yeah, after a divorce, after a breakup, there's a mourning. That love, mm -hmm. that pure love, that's the funeral is when there's a breakup or when there's a divorce. That pure love that you had died. And when you, when you see something like that die, something in you dies too. Kind of like that, that feeling that love is, um, is as powerful as, as it is. When you don't see it working out, you, you start to doubt love. You know what I mean? And if you see that enough, then you stop believing in love. I've met people straight up. I've had a conversation that say, yeah, love doesn't exist. I'm like, oh my God, go God. Right, like, yeah. How are you alive? <laughs> right? Yeah, I've got a buddy, man. I tell you just, I, one of my school friends, you know, we connected after many years and he's married now and so I'm like zooming with him and his wife there and just catching up in front of his wife. He's like, yeah, man, love's love isn't a real thing. It's every, every relationship is transactional and, and people just have mutual. <laughs> I mean, like this guy just recently got married and his wife's there and, and, and you know, they they haven't seemed to have a nice relationship and, but just even in front of you, not even pretend right. But with each yeah. other, but yeah, it's sad to see. That's really sad. It's it's a disillusionment. And that's the thing is like, that's, I had this thought yesterday, definitely sounds crazy idealistic, but like the only thing that's real in this entire cosmos is love. Everything else is uh, impermanent. The only thing that really even hate and all that fades away, but, but love keeps humanity going forward, the purpose of our existence. And when you when you've tasted it, but it slips through your fingers, there's something in you that gets uh, deeply bruised, if not broken, right? Mm. And that comes into your next relationship. Please, that's why it's like it, love is super dangerous. If it's uh, Sancha, Sancha Ogden, her testimony is amazing because she talks about how love without a container can wreak havoc and can cause great damage. The container is commitment. Uh, so it's like learning how to commit before you learn how to love. And that's the opposite of how society teaches us. And that's why it's wreaking havoc on so many people's lives. So again, sex then is either predicated on, if you're not, in, in, if you're not married yet, premarital sex is either you're dabbling with a love that you cannot understand yet because you haven't committed. So it's going to wreak havoc. Or you're just learning how to have loveless sex, which is automatically putting you in a position of what we discussed before is kind of sociopathic because you're dissociating connection from love and affection and empathy. And that kind of makes you a little bit crazy because you're just using somebody's body without 
the, the real them, the real them isn't their body. We're not just our bodies. We're so much more than that. So to not factor that in is like, neither of those sound very good to me, neither of those options. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what's out there. And so I just wouldn't wish that upon anybody. Some mm -hmm. people, honestly, you can tell somebody don't do heroin because of look at all these reasons not to do heroin. And then some people, honestly, there's like a percentage of people that still have to go through hell and experience it just because they're so stubborn. I don't know what it is, if it's a genetic trait mixed with just disparate circumstances, but some people willingly put themselves through hell, right? Hmm. But, so it's not, not like my words can stop anybody from doing anything. I can just say from experience and from a litany of, of research and conversations that uh, if you can avoid it, please, by all means do. Um, because you're saving yourself just so much anguish that you can't even understand until you go through it. And then when you go through it, the last thing that you want, trust me. Yeah, I hope that this can, can pave a good enough of a, of a middle ground, right? And just to be really clear that, I mean, yeah, there, there are consequences, right? And, and not in like the boring old person way of saying there are consequences for your actions, right? <laughs> but like everything that you've just discussed, it, it's just the natural effect of like of of sex is such a bonding thing right and yeah. it's designed in a certain way and to get used out of context in that way like you, you either become numb or broken like you said bruised like you said yeah right and and so and that being said it doesn't mean that you ever become a lost cause i think i think that's an equally important message right it's just there is still a path forward but just the reality is that that's, there's that much more cleanup or work that we need to do on ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And like, uh, you know, I know people, I've had some debates with people, but I also just remember some old friends who were, they called themselves polyamorous, which mm -hmm. means that they had multiple partners and they just love, it's just all love. It's just, you're poly infatuated and you're serial afraid. <laughs> like you're, perpetually afraid because love actual love is giving a hundred percent of yourself and you can't mm -hmm. do that to it's it's impossible there's they even did a calculation that any one person can really only actually be in a deep deep loving relationship like in terms of friends and family with it's like a dozen people or something maximum really anything beyond that it's very you just can't handle it there's too much information there's too much to juggle um and that's that's not what I'm saying. Is like have you can have twelve sexual partners. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's just like in general, it's like how keeping up with the the minute to minute updates on a person's like their state and like they're happy, they're going through a tough time, and there's a limited number of people that you can actually do that, and and you can get have generalized updates on a broader level than that, or like like uh, yeah, they graduated or. You know, yeah. they're, they're doing really well right now. Yeah. But like, re, yeah, just like, yeah, what you said, really, really intimate. I, I, 12 sounds about right. Just like you can, at any moment, you can know like exactly how they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's like, uh, but that's like, you know, friends and family that doesn't involve having children with them and all that, like that polygamy and all that, that, that's, that's kind of a logistical nightmare. Uh, and, and. If you really ask, you know, any one of these wives, every, 
you you want your spouse to like look at you as though you're the only person in the world and to say you're the most important person to me. Everybody wants that deep down inside. You don't want somebody to be like, you are one of a dozen people that I really love. <laughs> it's like, okay, great. You want at least one person in your life who's like, you are my entire world. You are like, there's a reason why there's so many cheesy romantic novels and movies and all that that say the same stuff because somewhere deep down inside we just want somebody to say hey you're my queen or you're my king you're everything to me and it feels tremendous when somebody lets you be their everything but there's it's risky because that means uh you know that they're relying on you for stuff that they need you for stuff that when they're sick that you'll be there for them no matter what that when they're cranky that when they get into an accident, whatever the case, that you are there for them, loving them unconditionally, no, like that's tough for one person. Don't get like polyamory is such a it's such a joke because it's like, yeah, if all of them got like salmonella, you're gonna take care of all of them on toilets and like equally. Give me a break. Give me a break. Oh, I, like have a have a child with one person. Like especially as a man, taking care of my wife while she's pregnant during labor. And for the years to follow was like, uh, I could have used a staff of 12, but it was just me, right? It was like an all-consuming experience. And so to imagine being like that with anybody else is unfathomable, unfathomable. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because some, you know, it takes a lot to take care of somebody. So the myth of polyamory is, is really just an excuse to go an inch deep and a mile wide rather than a mile deep and an inch wide, right? Mm -hmm. Where you keep your sphere very small, but you go to the core of the earth with that one person. That's, that's what our soul wants. Our body will accept 12 people with a very small, uh, you know, connection to each of them, but our soul wants to go to the end of the cosmos with, with one person. I think a lot of what it comes down to is what, we believe is possible for ourselves or, or what we feel like we deserve. Like uh, our, our self sense of self value. Sure. I think a lot of it comes to Absolutely. I'm speculating, right? It's like, I deserve that kind of relationship or, and I know I don't deserve that kind of relationship or no one would actually want to be in that kind of relationship with me. Oh, or, absolutely. or if it's, or if it's just like, uh, I, like the fear of being relied on, like I, I'm not able to be relied on that deeply by someone, right? What if I fall through? What, what if I don't have what it takes? And to go back to the core issue that we're discussing, that's when, you, when you're practicing love with multiple people, your standards get lowered each time. I mean, the best analogy that I've ever heard is that your heart is like a sticky note and a sticky note you put on the wall once and it sticks really well. You rip it off and stick it back on, it'll still stick, but it's less stuck, <laughs> right? It's less mm -hmm. grafted, it's less uh, you know, connected. And then do it again and again and again, and eventually it just doesn't stick. And our hearts are very similar to that, that they're not designed to be broken. So it either just wreaks havoc on your emotional life or like I said, for myself, I just became a, a very apathetic person, a very judgmental, apathetic. I had to, my heart was always at a, at an arm's length from every situation. Um, and I feel like that's, look at the state of our world where you can be, go on Facebook and see somebody who knows somebody and maybe even knew them for years and say, 
you're going to hell because you're voting for such and such. And like, no, you're going to hell because you're it's like, well, are you guys serious? It's just a difference of opinion. If you really cared for that person, you would, you wouldn't be able to sleep considering that person in agony. The only way that we can live like that is when we're, when we're not connected to our hearts. And our society is honestly um, really promoting division at this point rather than connection. And the more partners you have, the more disconnected you are from what you deserve, your potential, all that stuff, and also from other people. And it's just the natural state because you cannot, you cannot be, you know, your heart can't get beaten up again and again and again without consequence. And again, if the other alternative is then just have sex without your heart, then you, that's a whole nother set of problems. So it just doesn't bode well. It's not a good long-term strategy, but you know, people typically don't ha- hook up with another person and have casual sex or sex of any variety because of some grand plan that they have. They have it because they're horny or because they're needy or because they're whatever, right? They, they're trying to fill some, some void in their life and there happens to be somebody that gives them that look. I know several people that were like, so pure for so long and at some point they just kind of gave up and the first person that gave them a compliment you know they they hopped in bed with them and it was like this in a couple cases that i know the person got the two people that i know they got pregnant and and the the kids grew up uh without that father and it's uh actually in both cases it was with a married man right it was a disaster Mm -hmm. in both cases but they were just kind of like They've been doing so well for so long, but there's nobody to validate them that going this road is worth it. So they eventually gave up on themselves and this idea of purity and they just, and this person just kind of wore them down with like compliments and they just got them into the bed and uh, they felt so good. They felt like this is real love. And then the person left them. And then, you know, that for one person that they have a daughter now that's like five and it's really tragic because this person also now is so afraid to, get into a relationship because all they know is pain, right? Mm. So, of course, this is one story. These are kind of like cautionary tales. We don't mean to be like an after-school special. If you think about sex, you will get pregnant with Satan's baby. Anything like that. That's crazy town. But we just, the, the whole idea is like, if you have a really strong sense of self, strong a strong plan, a strong vision for yourself, and if you feel like you deserve that, that actually you deserve a wonderful life and a wonderful family and all that, um, then please don't settle for anything less, you know? And if you don't feel like you deserve an amazing family, a loving spouse, then there's something wrong with that. We all do. We all deserve it. So it's just that you're, you've been hanging around the wrong people. You've been listening to the wrong stories. You've been been validated by the wrong by the by the dark force not the light angel i don't know i think that's uh as good as we can do on this topic anything else to add please connect with us connect with people formulate a vision be loud about your vision say i want this i deserve this this is god gave me a heart so that i can love fully and i don't want to settle for anything less i don't want to settle for dysfunction for for something casual something non-committal because I deserve somebody's full commitment, somebody's full attention, somebody's full love, and, I, and somebody else deserves my full love and my full attention, and I'm willing to work at you know, being the type of person that can give my full love and my full attention and 
just stop settling. Our culture will always be trying to convince you to settle for less because when you are in that state of settling for less, they can sell you a bunch of crap. They can sell you ideas, commercial goods, whatever. You're very susceptible if you're needy. You're useless to them if you're happy, right? So our, our media, our social media, our you know, marketing campaigns is all about convincing you that you're not enough. And that's horse crap. You are amazing, but the only way to multiply amazingness is to have a vision and support yourself with a bunch of people who also believe in that vision for you and for themselves. And you guys can lift each other up and achieve this ideal that we've been striving for. So you got this. And that's what High Noon is about. We will help you. Go to High Noon Connect. Go to our website, highnoon.org. And we're trying to build an online community that really lifts each other up in that respect. That is as smooth a transition as we can get. Go to highnoon.org, sign up for High Noon Connect. And you know that's where Andrew and I hang out. It's where we share a lot of our reflections and our thoughts about what's going on in our inner worlds and join a great community of people. Yes. Yes, God bless America. Vote for love in every situation, every day. Always put your ballot in the love box. That sounds scandalous, but you know what I'm saying. And uh, High Noon will always be here for you. Please reach out if you need any help formulating that vision, reaching that standard. That's what we're all about. We love you. Talk to you soon. See you next time. I hope you found that episode enjoyable. And before we go, I wanted to challenge you to take your life on, to take your life to the next level. And if you're struggling in any way with pornography, with masturbation, with issues of sexuality that just are not helping you at all, if you want to reclaim your life, reclaim your eyes and ears, your time, your energy, then take our free 15-day challenge. If you go to highnoon.org, you can find our 15-day challenge right there on the front page. Take it. It's absolutely free, no strings attached. We've designed it to help you gain some level of momentum in your journey of sexual integrity so that you can take the next step, whatever that may be. It could be to go to our deeper Ascend program, which is a 90-day program we have. It could be to reach out to that accountability partner. It could be to just take the whatever steps you need to take in your journey to build the life of heavenly sexuality that you deserve. So go to highnoon.org right now if you want to break up with porn and start to get engaged with the life of your dreams and eventually marry it. Doesn't it sound nice? So go to highnoon.org to find all of those resources and more. It's been a slice.